Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. Sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me some of your time. I know y'all have a hundred different strings pulling at you. So hope it gives you something to look forward to. Hope it adds some tools to your toolbox. Maybe gives you something to think about. Hopefully it helps our country, even if just a little bit. Have a just almost comatose kitten passed out on the couch. They have found a wood stove and a spot that they think that is just absolutely where they belong. Which it probably is. Oh well. Not a lot on the homestead. Um, got a little cooler, which is nice because it's winter. And in this part of the world, the heat will come crushing down on us soon enough. We have, you know, it's kind of like if you're familiar with Tolkien and the Hobbits and their eating habits, right? You have first lunch and second lunch and afternoon tea, etc., etc. all these different meals throughout the day. We have first summer, second summer, fall, summer. We get a little break and then we go back to late summer, you know, second, second porch summer or whatever. It's just, it's just different versions of the same brutal heat. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast and the people that continue to come back and listen to it. Thank you for those people that share it. Be with them and their families. Guide them, bless them. Surround them with your angels. Protect them from evil. Help us to turn back to you, Lord, as a nation, as individuals, to allow our actions to speak for themselves so that other people see the way we act and that that draws them back to you and your son, Jesus Christ. Forgive us our sins, Lord, the ones we admit the ones we try and hide from you forgive us our continued failing forgive us when we're not even sorry lord when we choose knowingly to go our own way help us to overcome them father and guide my words here please your son's name we pray amen I've gotten kind of behind. We got a lot of stuff to cover, uh, but I wanted to read a couple things here. Uh, just the education of our country, of our children, is so important. Uh, so this, we're going to talk about McGuffey one more day. This is lesson twenty-one out of his eclectic third reader. If you're not familiar, if you haven't listened to the podcast the last few days, we've been talking about McGuffey, among other Williams Holmes 
William Holmes McGuffey. He was considered the schoolmaster of the nation. He was an American educator, president of Ohio University, professor at University of Virginia, department chair at Miami University of Ohio, founded the first teachers association in that part of the country, and he sold this McGuffey Reader, which over the course of its publication lifetime sold over 120 million copies. This is out of his eclectic third reader. The morality taught by Jesus Christ was purer, sounder, subliminer, and more sublimer, and more perfect than had ever before entered into the imagination or proceeded from the lips of man. This ties in again to what we were talking about on the previous podcast with this living constitution idea, this living education, progressive education idea that the the left has really brought down upon our country and education that's really just destroying them. This idea that it just changes, right? It's it's based on the whim of men, whoever's in control at that time, you know, whoever's on the board of education for whatever state or whoever's making the rules for your state or at the federal level, right? We're going to, well, this is what we feel like doing today, uh, especially when things in the past have worked, you know, uh, marriage is a great example. Marriage has always been between a man and a woman. That's the way it works. That's the only way it works. That's the only thing that really is a marriage because it's a God-ordained institution, not a man-made institution. When men get involved, what are we trying to do? Well, maybe it's not just between a man and a woman. Maybe it's between a man and a man or a woman and a woman or a man who thinks they're a woman and a woman or a woman who thinks they're a man and a man or a woman, right? We just mess everything up. And, and... McGuffey here in this third reader saying, look, Jesus Christ, he's better than anything else than we can create in our imagination or that we can say from our lips. The morality that he teaches, that's, that's top notch. That's as good as it gets. You know, I say that so often on the podcast and it frustrates people to no end. If you're doing something right, it doesn't matter whether you're a Buddhist monk, whether you're in China or Africa, Australia, South America, Europe, it, it doesn't matter where you are. If you in your life are doing something truly right, you're following the principles of Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter whether you acknowledge Christ as the Son of God or not. Doesn't matter whether you're Muslim or Hindu or atheist or anything else. If you are doing something truly right in your life, you are following the principles of Christ in that moment. Nothing you can do about it. That's just the way you, you cannot do something good and not be following the principles of Christ in that moment. And by the same token, if you're doing something wrong, you're doing something sinful, evil, bad, whatever word you want to use, you are going against those principles of Christ. Or, or let me say it this way. This is the way that really gets people. If you are going against the principles of Jesus Christ, you are doing something wrong, sinful, evil. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what century you lived in. Doesn't matter what part of the globe you come from, what your ethnicity is, who your parents were. Nothing else matters. If you are going against the principles of Christ, against the morality like McGuffey was talking about here in this eclectic third reader, 
you're doing something. If you're doing something, if you're going against the principles of Christ, you're doing something wrong. So lesson 31 in this third reader is a little scenario that he put. Uh, and I, I really need to get a copy of this book. I don't have a copy of his reader. I'm taking an excerpt right now out of America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations, which phenomenal resource, highly recommend it. I would get a copy, uh, at least one. I have a couple. You never know when uh, the left is going to get in control of publishing, right? Uh, so this is just a little episode about on speaking the truth. And this is, this is for educating children, right? We sold 120 plus million copies of this. And it's just a little, well, you'll see. A little girl once came into the house and told her mother a story about something which seemed very improbable. The persons who were sitting in the room with her mother did not believe the little girl, for they did not know her character. But the mother replied at once, I have no doubt that this is true, for I never knew my daughter to tell a lie. Is there not something noble in having such a character as this? Must not that little girl have felt happy in the consciousness of thus possessing her mother's entire confidence? Oh, how different must have been her feelings from those of the child whose words cannot be believed and who is regarded by everyone with suspicion. Shame, shame on the child who has not magnanimity enough to tell the truth. And he's skipping around just a little bit, by the way, uh, Federa, who published this book. So those are the first three parts of Lesson 31, and he skips to, to 10, 11, I think, and 12. How awful must the scene which will open before you as you enter the eternal world you will see the throne of God. How bright, how glorious will it burst upon your sight. You will see God the Savior seated upon the majestic throne. Angels in number more than can be counted will fill the universe with their glittering wings and their rapturous songs. Oh, what a scene to behold. And then you will stand in the presence of this countless throng to answer for everything you have done while you lived. Every action, every thought, your life will then be fresh in your mind. You know it is written in the Bible. God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. How must the child then feel who has been guilty of falsehood and deception and who sees it then all brought to light? No liar can enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, how dreadful must the confusion and the shame with which the deceitful child will then be overwhelmed. The angels will all see your sin and disgrace. And do you think they will wish to have a liar enter heaven and be associated with them? No. They will turn from you with disgust. The Savior will look upon you in his displeasure. Conscience will read your soul. 
and you must hear the awful sentence, Depart from me into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And then he asks questions at the end, right, of each lesson. These are the questions. One, what is the subject of this lesson? Two, what did the little girl do? Three, what did the company think? Four, what did her mother say of her? Five, how must the little girl have felt when her mother said she could not doubt her words? <laughs> Why don't we teach this stuff anymore, folks? We're watering down math. We're watering down reading. We don't teach how to break down sentences anymore, grammar, punctuation. We don't teach history. We certainly, we don't even begin to teach morality, character, faith. And that's not the way our, our, our nation was founded, folks. There's a reason that we're struggling so much today. We've gone away from the foundation of our nation. You can't have America without God and the morality of Jesus Christ. And you can't have that if we don't teach our future generations that, teach our children that. And yeah, it's a public issue. It's not just for families in private. It's absolutely a public issue. And that doesn't even at all, I keep saying this, but it's not beating a dead horse, folks. This horse is very much alive. Public school being centered around God and the Bible and Jesus Christ in no way infringes upon the religious freedom of an individual. This is a Christian nation, and as such, public education, taxpayer-funded education, has to strengthen that nation. And the only way to do that in a Christian nation is to center that public education on God and Jesus Christ, on the Bible and Jesus Christ. If you decide as an adult, after you're out of public education, that you don't want to follow Jesus Christ, that you don't believe that he's God, that he's the Son of God, that you don't want to accept him as your savior, that you want to go and follow some false religion like Islam or Buddhists or Hindus or atheism or, or evolutionary theory, whatever. That is a choice that you get to make. That is, that falls under religious freedom in the United States. That's exactly why we have it is because it's based on free will that God gives us to either accept him or reject him. And so this idea that we can't teach have education centered on God and the Bible. It's just nonsense. It's complete foolishness. It's been foolishness for 60 to 80 years, ever since the Supreme Court passed separation of church and state and started us down this path. And the only way we're going to win this fight for education is to put God back in the center of it. And whether we end up in a war or not, that statement is still true. We're going to have to take back education and culture from the godless left. August 7th, 1873, in Elmira, New York, the NEA, National Education Association, honoring McGuffey at his death, made this resolution. In the death of William H. McGuffey, late professor of moral philosophy in the University of Virginia, 
The association feels that they have lost one of the great lights of the profession. In offices as teacher of common schools, college professor, and college president, and as author of textbooks, his almost unequaled industry, his power in the lecture room, his influence upon his pupils and community, his care for the public interests of education, his lofty devotion to duty, his conscientious Christian character. All these have made him one of the noblest ornaments of our profession in this age and entitled to the grateful remembrance of this association and of the teachers of America. Elmira, New York, August 7th, 1873. We need educators like this again today. We need education like this, folks. You have some educators out there, some teachers, counselors, coaches, administrators who are moral who have Christian character, who want to teach our children well, and who would if the system would allow it. But there is no possible way to educate our nation's children well without God in the center of it. We just can't do it, folks. It's an impossibility. If you want to take education back, we've got to put God and the Bible back at the center. So I wanted to come back a few days ago. We've got a couple minutes left, so I'm going to do it now. It kind of ties in pretty well anyway. A few podcasts back, we read a quote by John McClain, who was a U.S. Postmaster General and Justice of the Supreme Court. He said, no one can estimate or describe the salutary influence of the Bible. What would the world be without it? Compare the dark places of earth where the light of the gospel has not penetrated, where those with those where it has been proclaimed and embraced in all its purity. Life and immorality, immortality, are brought to light by the scriptures. Immorality, too. Aside from Revelation, the Bible, darkness rests upon the world and upon the future. There is no ray of light to shine upon our pathway. There is no star of hope. We begin our speculations as to our destiny and conjecture, and they end in uncertainty. We know not that there is a God, a heaven, or a hell, or any day of general account when the wicked and the righteous shall be judged. The Bible has shed a glorious light upon the world. It shows us that in the coming day we must answer for the deeds done in the body. It has opened us to a new and living way, so plainly marked out that no one can mistake it. The price paid for our redemption shows the value of our immortal souls. Our children are important. Their souls are important, just like our souls are important. When we take the Bible away from them, we lead them to wander around in darkness, folks. 
without any ray of hope, without any star to light the path. It's why we see the chaos that we see across the nation, because we've, we've taken that light that the Bible shines on every single aspect of society from our individual life to our marriages, to our families, our communities, our schools, our institutions as a nation. We've taken that light away and now we're just stumbling around in the darkness and we have no idea where we've been, where we are, or where we're going. We have to have that light to guide us. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.